0: longer than anyone else and was able to teach about Jesus more than anyone else said this you don't need anybody to teach you. Oh my <laughs> He said the anointing that you have from the Holy Spirit is sufficient. Now he talked about that in congregations that had teachers so he wasn't saying we don't we're not going to use teachers because everyone has different gifts and we want to use teachers and we want to we want to use all the gifts of the Spirit but ultimately if you've got the spirit you've got what you need and you can hear from God and so we I'm sad as I look back on 25 years that I spent as a pastor in California and they depended upon me every Sunday and I tried to deliver but it, we had a codependent relationship I was I was the mama bird, and they came like this. <laughs> and I shoved it in, and they took it in, and then I'd meet him at the door, and they'd say, fine sermon, Pastor. I heard that from 100 people every Sunday. I got tired of hearing it, frankly. And so what we decided... In fact, Dan helped me see this. He said, Paul, if you set the standard as... If you've been to seminary, graduated from seminary, you can teach here. Then that's what you'll get. But if you set the standard that they can do it, then people will want to share. And so it's been so exciting to be a part of a group where the playing field is level. I bless Laura tonight for leading worship. Way to go, Laura. He's got a team of people that lead worship. and uh, what you need to, one of the things you need to lead worship is to be a worshiper. Yeah. And then you need a group of people that want to worship. Man, that's a great combination. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a part in it. You're not sitting here passively. you're not just watching,'re not spectator- you're not spectators, you're participants, right? And so uh, we got somebody sharing tonight who actually said she was nervous. And so I asked the group, a group of other people that are shared, were any of you nervous when you every every hand went up. And they said, not just the first time, the second time, the third time, they said sometimes we're shaking when we get up here. It's something to share in front of your peers. You know that can be some of you you look out you can be intimidated. <laughs> I'm blessed by Kara because she's stepped forward time and time again. And we had a call to go to Iowa for disaster relief. Didn't you step forward then? Mm-hmm. She stepped forward when we need somebody to help us with uh, shopping. You guys, you come out of a meeting here and you have you have a dining room full of food. Somebody's got to mm. buy that. She she buys it often, sets it up, comes early. Last Sunday we had. About 35 Japanese here, most of them pre-Christians, not yet knowing the Lord. First one I met was an orthopedic surgeon. Second one I met was a scholar in immun- immunology. You touch these people, you're touching the heart of nations when you touch internationals who are coming here to study. she I, I wasn't surprised, I just got back from Canada with Louise. By the way, Louise, you were sharp up there in, in Canada. here in the kitchen helping to make sushi, and donburi, and uh, odin, I speak Japanese, so she she's really a servant, so I said, Kara, she's got good content, but I don't care what you share, you're modeling it, that's a message I'll like, right, so. so, let's pray for Kara, oh and, Lord, we know that the, the, the playing field is level tonight. There are no superstars, just ordinary people blessed by you. We pray that you would uh, cleanse our hearts if there's any, any need for that, any, any need for us to get right with you, Lord. Jesus, you are the one, the only one, who can uh, argue our case before the Father. And so we know that we have uh, areas in our heart, we have issues. Please forgive us, cleanse us, and get us ready. Give us tender and soft hearts to receive what you uh, have brought to Kara to share with us. We bless her. We thank you for her. We thank you that she wants to influence other people. She's not here to be served, but she knows she's here to serve. And we appreciate that. We bless her tonight, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Hello
1: everybody. Hi. 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 Can you make sure the
0: recorder's is on? Um,
1: <laughs> okay. Well, it's good to see everybody. I'm going to drink a water here you. got it. it. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Um. The Lord is good, and He's really been laying um, this on my heart for a while now, and I've been kind of praying about if He wanted me to share it or not, and I guess now is the time, so here we go, God, right? <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. um, <so> <laughs> 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 so as we're entering the season of his birth, he really is the ultimate servant, mm. the, the ultimate lover, and that's why he came. So if y'all just want to close your eyes, I'm just going to read a short scripture here. And if you want to meditate on or you can keep your eyes open, whatever you feel you want to do. Who, being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God, Something to be grasped. But he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that is, the name of Jesus, that every knee should bow in heaven, and on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of the God the Father. And that's from Philippines 2, 6 through 11. Um, The past few weeks, there's been a lot of people speaking on identity and covenant, and Ali spoke on dreams a couple years ago, and I think they all Interrelate to each other in a lot of ways. Um, God uses our identity and our dreams for us to serve Him and for the glory of His kingdom. And then to do that, we really need a strong covenant with Him and also with our fellow believers because we're going to need to be lifted up when we go out to serve the Lord. And later, I'm going to be sharing my testimony or a part of it of what I really learned the hard way. of how important all those things are Um, but I was going to see so that's one thing we need to remember that we are one body but each of us has a different part and sometimes we can be jealous over the next person or think we're not good enough and we've talked about that a lot in Communitas but really how important that is and so the first thing I'm going to talk about is preparing for service Um, and it does take action on our behalf and um, we can't just sit there and serve <laughs> serving takes action so let's let's look at some scriptures and i'm going to have you help me here of what god's chosen people and we're all god's chosen people and he's called each one of us to do something um and whether we stay here in america or whether we go overseas But the Lord's really been laid on my heart, I think, as we're being prepared now, and communitas is a great preparation for that. Some of us are gonna be called out, whether here or overseas, to where it's gonna be really difficult, and we're not gonna wanna be there, and we're gonna wanna go back to other familiarity, we're gonna come back to this, because communitas won't always be with us. Although we wish it would be, it won't always be there. (laughs) And so this is our preparation now, and we just need to thank God for what He's doing now Mm -hmm. in our lives,
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: really just listen to His voice about where He's going to be calling to us next.
0: Mm. That's right. right.
1: And so God wants us to know His love, and He wants us to rest in Him. Mm -hmm. And so now let's just talk about some of His fellow servants. For example, what what they had to do to prepare for how the Lord was going to use them. So when I pause, Mm -hmm. I need you to fill in the blank. <laughs> <laughs> All right? So Noah had to build in? Arch.
0: Arch. All
1: right! <laughs>
0: oh, yeah! <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <More> alleys! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Abraham had to, and then, let's, let's look at this. Abraham to show God that he was willing to sacrifice his? Son! So that he, that he had waited a long time for, correct? <laughs> yeah. And Joseph was sold into?
0: Slavery!
1: And then he was thrown into?
0: To fulfill
1: God's service for Him, Moses had to escape into the <laughs> desert, and Jonah spent
0: three days in oil. <laughs> That's right. Big fish.
1: All of you know your Bible stories, <laughs> but so just that, and you know, and we're you know, and it's great to laugh about because you know it's like, is after we've gone through that trouble, we can go back and say, all right, God. You know, that was just a moment in time. But think of how all those people were feeling at that moment, when they were preparing, when Noah was doing the ark, when Moses was in the wilderness. And think of Christ, I mean, He had to leave heaven to come down, you know, in His 30 years. (laughs) And so, um, that's just for the glory. And now I want just to um, think about that and how God used His disciples when He called His disciples. Mm -hmm. Jesus came down from heaven to serve us, and he could have done it alone, because he's God, but he chose not to. He chose 12 great men, and he had some other disciples to help him out. He had a core group of people to help him out when he was serving. And I want to think about what the disciples gave up. The disciples gave up their careers, the only thing they ever knew, to follow him. And John the Baptist gave up all the worldly things to prepare the way for the Lord. And sometimes in the Bible, Jesus asked people to sell everything they had, leave their family, the ones they loved, to follow Him. Christ never said it would be easy. That's <laughs> right. But He's there for us. And um, if somebody wants to read, um, I'm sorry, I wrote down the verse, but I need to find it, but... Um, Philippines, I think it's Philippines, sorry here, I can't find the verse right now, but there, I think it's a, no, it's Mark 6:20, where God says, you know, when I send you, I'll be with you. God is always going to be with us, and that's throughout the Bible. And then if you, um, I'm going to read these three verses here, and Jesus said it would never be easy, but he did call us to be disciples of all the nations even into to love those who per- persecute you, Matthew 5:44. And Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. And so they pulled up their boats on the shore, they left everything and followed him. And this is just a question for you to think about. Could you leave your car, leave your home, leave your family? Some people did it for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I just want you to just to me, meditate on that right now or throughout the week. Because Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to pray. Prayer is so important in the ministry. And having fellowship in prayer, not only alone, but gathering your covenant, your fellow believers to pray with you. Especially when the times just get hard. And I understand that Jesus is not going to call us all to sell everything. He's not going to call us all to leave our families. But he's going to call us to things that we don't want to do. <laughs> and that's when we're going to need the support. And we want to quit and we won't want to do it anymore because we can do nothing on our own. That's right. That's right. Needs to be with the Lord. And so now I'm kind of going into my testimony. Um, I gave them, I gave my life to the Lord when I was like four or five years old. And it's been an amazing journey. Um, when I was little though, I was that little evangelist, I wrote, I love Jesus, all of my crayon boxes. I wanted the whole world to know about him. <laughs> you know, I was so in love with him at the time, and I told everybody about him. And, you know, and this, you know I think, you know, as you realize now as adults, I was persecuted then. Kids were like, I don't want to hear that, you know, and they kind of teased me. And so, through, like, and so like through the rest of my elementary years and junior high, I was still in love with the Lord, I was involved in youth group. I wanted to serve him, I was a little, I gave water to the people in the nursing home, I mean anything I could do just to show people my love, I would do it. And I have to realize too that that was Christ working through me, it was nothing that I did, but it was Christ. And I, so I was always around this fellowship of believers. I was always involved in church, I had good Christian friends to pray with, and then I went to a, a two Christian colleges, I went to Seattle to get my associates in Biblical Studies, and that was like the first time because I grew up in a Lutheran church. Mm-hmm. So raising the hands was not something we did, you know. <laughs> and so I went to church, and I met this girl, and she really taught me, you know, like the charismatic, nature like, to praise the Lord, to raise your hands, to go deep within to Him. And so that was the time that I really started to grow in the Holy Spirit, and I kind of invite, I mean, I kind of always knew the, what the Holy Spirit was because my parents kind of taught me about Him, but I never really saw it for the fulfillment I did out there. And then I transferred to the University of Wisconsin-La Crosse, so going from a small town, so going from a small little Bible school of 90 to the University of Wisconsin-La Crosse, which is bigger than my hometown. um, It was just like, you could really feel the darkness there. And so I transferred to Crown, and that's where I graduated from. Um, So as you can see, like I've always been around in, and even at La Crosse, I got involved in a Bible study, I was involved in a church there. Um, but going back to when I was four or five, a missionary came to our church, I believe. I don't know where the missionary was from, but I remember seeing pictures of the poor and of people dying. And I knew then that the Lord called me to be a missionary. <laughs> and that was my dream. My dream wasn't to be, you know, um, what a lot of dreams our little kids have. And their great That dream, my dream was like, Lord, I want to be a missionary. I'm going to go serve the poor. <laughs> and so that was always in the back of my heart. But then kind of in high school and college, I was thinking, oh, I don't really want to be a missionary, it'd be fun, but then I couldn't make any money, and I couldn't have all the things of the world, you know? So I kind of put that in the back of my mind. Um, yeah, and so I just kind of prayed about it, and then in college, there was this opportunity, and you have to remember, my dream was not to be a missionary anywhere, it was specifically Africa, you know, so that was the one thing. And so, in college, there was this opportunity to go teach overseas in China for three years. And I graduated as a, with an education major. I was like, well, Lord, I'm going to go to China. They need Jesus! <laughs> you know? And so, again, you know, I'm using the word I first. <laughs> so that's kind of going to go into later. And so everything was working out well. I sent in my application, and everything was going smoothly. They said, okay, go get all your shots to come overseas. I'm like, all right, go and get my shots, come to back to my dorm room. And my roommate's like, oh, China called. They want they, they want you to call them back. So I call them back. <laughs> <laughs> Did I go? <laughs> no. The Lord, and they, they said, we, we really need you to have more experience overseas. And it was really hard because I think a part of me more wanted to go to China to get out of America because I was sick of the consumerism and all of that. So I was following not God's path, but my path for the wrong reasons. And could God have used me if I went over there? He could have, but He didn't want me to go over. He was like, He knew my dream. And also, when things come in threes, they sometimes do. And that it is the Lord, you know? Because then I applied to go to Indonesia. And that's kind of like where my heart really was, too. Like, I would love to go work. Because one of my good friends, my classmates at college, grew up in Indonesia. Her family was missionaries over there. And so I just learning about the country through her. I was like, Lord, I would really like to go to work with this group of people, some of them that I've never heard of you before. And my application was in. I was almost gonna go and then 9-11 happened. And so they closed down that opportunity. So I didn't go there. Graduated from college, can't find a teaching job. So I get this great opportunity through my cousin who was a PCA for a boy with autism so I was a one-on-one for a boy with autism that year and that was just really cool but I was, I was still but that's really awesome that's where I got involved in extreme life that's another God story that I can go into now but you know Andrew and Nate were the pastors and that was just an amazing year and a half with them um I'll say a year and a half later because I did leave for the Peace Corps and that's where we're going to go to where I felt with the Lord for a while but um it was awesome because I was in this awesome group of believers. I had the Holy Spirit. I had Jesus. And I had these fellow Christians around me that would get together and pray. I had a prayer partner. My, my best friend was my roommate. And we'd pray together every night. And it was like a really time kind of growing for me. I was like, hey, you know, Lord, I love you. You're awesome. I was kind of going back to where I first knew him. It was just really renewing and it was awesome. And then I applied for the Peace Corps because I was kind of I was going to go with Africa Inland Missions because I knew the Lord was kind of allowing me to go. And I never felt like a, like the Lord was opening that door because he's like, "Oh, you have to raise 10,000 a year." And I'm like, "I'm uh, just got out of college. a year and a half ago two years ago. And I have a lot of debt to pay off going to four years of private school." And so I didn't go there and <coughs> And then I was really praying about it and the Lord kind of speaks to me Then He kind of sends people to talk to me about people that experience. experienced. Like that's kind of how myself I know it's from the Lord. And so some guy said, you know, like, you should have you thought about the Peace Corps? And I was like, no. And then as I was applying for the Peace Corps, so many people that I've known for so long in my life, that I didn't know when the Peace Corps were coming to me and saying Peace Corps. And I was like, okay, Lord, you know, that, so that was kind of a confirmation for me to go. And I was so excited. I was going to go in the Peace Corps. I was going to serve God. My dream was even fulfilled. I, I, I. I was not putting God first. I was going there for the Lord, and I was going there to serve Him, but I was not putting Him first. And so the Lord really taught me through that, because I was so excited to go over there. And then the first two months, you know, they were exciting. You know, I mean, it was hard. I mean, it was the first time seeing deep poverty. First time bathing in a basin with this much water, you know, and you know, and just like having an outhouse, you know, no indoor toilets. So it was really no wanting water. It's like, all right. <laughs> you know, so it was just one of those things. And then, so after two months of where we were with the, all the volunteers, um, the Lord sent us out, or the Lord, the Peace Corps sent us out. And I was in a village all alone. A lot of the volunteers had somebody to partner with them in the village. But I was alone in the village. The nearest volunteers to me were probably 30 miles, but 30 miles with no car and a taxi. It was a 16-passenger foot van. They would not leave until it was filled up. So 30 miles took about four or five hours to get there. Um, And I walked into my room, and it was like dirt all over because it was like a cement floor with a tin roof and cement walls. And I didn't live in the house with the family, but they kind of gave me a separate room outside the house. And there were spiders all over the wall. It was really, really hot. Because I left in January. And then going to South Africa, they have opposite seasons than us. It's like 90 degrees. So it's just like, and I just cried. You know, and I was just like, Lord, what am I doing here? Give me the strength. And I don't know where I want to go with it. You know, just trying to see where I want to go and the Lord wants me to share. And for a while, you know, it was really good. And about, and the volunteers were awesome and I loved all of them, but that fellowship wasn't there what I was used to. It was the first time in my life I didn't have this. You know, I didn't have fellow believers that were strong. I didn't have fellow believers to pray with. And the Lord gave me a couple of friends who would pray with me and that was really awesome, but they weren't there. You know, I wasn't able to call up my best friend. I wasn't able to call up my mom and say, Hey, can you pray for me? I wasn't able to call up people from my church saying, Hey, can you pray for me this? Because I was alone in my room at night, no electricity, had to read my Bible by little candlelight, you know, one of those things. And I read the Bible every day, but the one thing that was missing was that fellowship. And the Lord was there, but I wasn't always praying Him first. Because I did. I got into the drinking scene. I mean... For a while, I said, I'm sick of being the good girl, but I was going to go into the Peace Corps and say, hey, I'm going to do this. But when the Peace Corps volunteers got together, like every few months, it was binge drinking. Let's say, like, before the Peace Corps, I was 25 years old, never been drunk. You know, I was always the good girl, never did anything wrong, and I was trying to stand by myself. I mean, I was giving it to God, saying, God, give me the strength, and he was, but I was more worried about myself. I was like, this loneliness, like I don't ever wish that loneliness not my worst enemy. I mean, it was super lonely being alone in the village for like three months at a time, not knowing the, l- learning the language, but not knowing it well enough to go have a deep conversation with somebody. And the Lord also blessed me with some Christian friends there too. But I did, I got into the drinking same big time. I mean, I'd be drinking, The beers came like in liters, like pop bottle liters. And I'd be keeping up with the guys. I'd be drinking one or two or three, you know, and then, you know, for me, I was like, all right, you know. And then the next day I'd be reading his word and saying, God, I'm sorry. And it was a cycle for about a year and a half because this loneliness was so hard to bear and I could not handle it. And the other volunteers used that to get over it. Because when we came together, not too many of them wanted to pray. <laughs> 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 they wanted to drink because in these villages, too, it was, you know, it was hard. It was not only like we were seeing in poverty every day, and that's when I said, like, the Lord Sunday is going to send us out the things we don't want to see, we don't want to hear about. And one of my best friends in the village, she was a 16-year-old girl, beautiful girl. I mean, when I met her, she was one of the first people that came up and befriended me. And she knew English really well, so she really would talk. And about a year into it, she went to, and the, I live with the end culture, and it's like 1% of the population in South Africa, but the women and the men have to go to initiation schools. She went to her initiation school, and at this time I thought, you know, I, I knew that they were there at the house for a month, I didn't really know what happened, and I tried to ask, but nobody really told me. But when my friend came back, her name was Figile, I didn't recognize her, her head was shaved, she had a... Mm-hmm. And somebody had to point her out to me, I was like, because I was looking for a figile, you know, because the girls come out and dance after they're done going to the initiation school to become a woman. And I really never really understood, and I tried to love her, but she really withdrew from me for the next few months, and I really just tried to be open with her and talk to her. Later, I found out when I was traveling with the, um through South Africa, that the end bellies, um still practice partial... Female circumcision and so you know like seeing that and knowing that I mean I was so angry at, I mean I wasn't I was angry at God I'm because there were three nights when I was ready to go home the next day and I would pray and I'd be like crying out to God I was like God I'm so angry at you for bringing me here and I know it was my dream but why did you bring me here I mean I didn't know it would be that hard and the Lord really gave me the strength to stay. I mean, on my own behalf, I wanted to go home. So when I say that like, so when people like make comments, you know, like or they say to me, Oh, you're in the Peace Corps two and a half years, you're such a servant and I was like, it had nothing to do with me. I really I was following God, but I wasn't following God. You understand what I'm saying? Like I was going to roll things first and then going after that, after I have a hangover. I'm like, all right, Lord, I'm sorry i will going to to do this next time. <laughs> and he gave me strength, but the Lord loved me, because he always meets us wherever at. He loved me, and he helped me finish serving off that term. And if I wouldn't have gone home, I would not have grown like I did. The Lord really taught me what true servanthood is, and he really taught me that these people need love. <coughs> and, and so like a year and a half into it, after three times of almost wanting to go home, I met a group of strong Christians, and I was rebaptized on Valentine's Day. <laughs> and it was totally awesome—the best Valentine's Day ever, and probably ever will be. Um, <laughs> oh, the Lord is so good, and the last six months were beautiful. I mean. God really helped me not go to the alcohol anymore. And He helped me, because also during that year and a half, I tried drugs for the first time. And that's another thing that I'm not going to go into now. But the Lord showed me how to love other kinds of people that I never, that I always knew the Lord God, but I understand more now. I understand what they're going through. And the Lord used that. And so I just want to say the Lord loves you. Be encouraged. And when He sends you, Go to Him, because He's not going to leave you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And times are going to get time, and He's going to send people to you to bring you up, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. pray with you. Mm-hmm. And so I just want, um, I had Drew going to put in a song, and I just really want us to listen to the words and meet the Lord at the cross. Because He's meeting us where we're at, mm-hmm. and this season especially, that the Lord's going to use you in miraculous ways. Mm-hmm. He's going to love you. So let's just right now just meditate and love the Lord on this song playing. <laughs>